Good morning, MCA. We'll see if I can get through this without my readers this morning, okay? Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in a game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of the Lord for us. It was scheduled for Tokyo 2020. Some of you might remember that a year ago. COVID shut that down, but we're getting it a year later. So this summer, we're getting Tokyo 2020. (laughs) In fact, it's Friday night that the opening ceremony will commence. So many of us will gather around the television and watch as this tremendous display, uh, feats of athleticism, great competition, Begins, And then over the next several weeks, we'll watch, the world will watch as the spotlight shines, as those big moments arrive. And I just love the storylines that accompany the Olympics. So this year, we've got uh, Novak Djokovic, the, the tennis player, and he's going for a historic golden slam. Maybe you've been following this. It's when you win all the Grand Slams plus a gold medal in the Olympics. So he's already won the Australian, the French, and Wimbledon. And so he's going to go for the gold medal in Tokyo. And then if he wins, uh, it'd be the U.S. Open. He would, it, it, that's never been accomplished before in a calendar year by a male tennis player. But there are all kinds of great storylines going into the Olympics. There is the excitement about, around a, a brand new Olympic event, sport climbing. For the, for the world's climbers, bouldering, speed climbing, it's debuting in the Olympics this summer. Softball, women's softball is returning to the Olympics after 13 years. The last two Olympic, summer Olympic games, it was excluded. The, the U.S. had just dominated the rest of the world so much, they all just gave up. It's like, no, this is not even going to be included anymore. But softball is making its return. If you're following track and field, you're following the U.S. star Emma Coburn and going, is she going to win the steeplechase? Come on, Emma. Or, or I can't wait to see one, one of the events in track and field is, is uh, this is a new event for this year. It's called the Mixed 4x4. So that is a, it's, each team has two men and two women uh, running a 4x4 relay. And you, you realize that each and every athlete that shows up, that has prepared and is ready to compete that travels, they're there for one purpose, one singular purpose, and that is to win. That's why they go, that's why they compete, that's why they train. Now, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth, run for the prize. We just heard this from the scriptures. Run for the prize, he says. So what we begin to realize is that we are like athletes. 
We're like those athletes that compete in the games. And so we too should be training and setting goals and keeping our eyes on the prize of heaven. That is just what we're going to talk about together this morning. So let me introduce myself, John Reisner. I serve as lead pastor here at MCA. I'm just thrilled to have you with us today. And I pray that through our time together, your heart grows stronger and your faith grows deeper. So the people of Corinth who received this message would have understood Paul's metaphor especially well. Why? Because their city was the location of one of the games of ancient Greece. They were known as the Isthmian Games. They were part of the Panhellenic Games of Ancient Greece. There were four of them. The Nemean Games, Isthmian Games, Pythian Games, and the Olympics. This, is, this was known as the Olympiad Cycle. And so these Isthmian Games, they took place in Corinth. They were the sporting event of the year. Whenever they rolled around, every few years, when they rolled around, it brought people from all over the Mediterranean. So, of course, you have the most talented athletes who come to compete But then you just have the crowds and the masses and the hordes who just want to come and watch and take in the spectacle. And so we understand that the events that they participated in were actually similar, somewhat similar to the Olympics that we experience today, that we watch. They they had foot races. They had broad jumping and discus throwing and wrestling and boxing and gymnastics and even equestrian contests. The winners of these games were given a crown. It was made of wild celery. (laughs) But that wasn't the only prize they were competing for. That sort of represented who the winners were. They would also receive free tuition to one of their universities. Statues of these champions would be erected on the path leading to the site of the games. If that didn't tickle their fancy, the champions were given a lifetime exemption from paying taxes or serving in the military. So, my friends, we are excited for these next several weeks with this brand new sermon series called The Games. And really what's going to happen over the next four weeks is we're going to be encouraged from the scriptures to run faithfully the race that God has for us. And so this morning, we're talking about running for the prize. Next Sunday, it will be run with perseverance. Week three is fight the good fight, and then we'll close it out in week four with the power of teamwork. Our training, we understand, is in kingdom living. It's in kingdom living under the lordship of Christ. That's our training. Our goal is is seeking an eternal crown. So that's where we are today. If you have your Bible with you, please open it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Again, just like an athlete trains and competes for the gold medal or for that winner's crown, that crown made of wild celery leaves, we run for a prize, and the prize is eternity spent with Christ. So we see that here in our passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24, that Christy read for us a moment ago. Paul says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? And then he says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Do you not know, he says. That implies, you know this. (laughs) That implies, 
You understand this. No one is going to stand at the starting line of an Olympic race without having that dream of crossing the finish line first, breaking the ribbon, winning gold, bringing honor to your country. And so you run for the prize, right? Like the Herm Edwards. Play to win the game. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. That's the great thing about sports, Herm Edwards says. You play to win the game. So here's what I'd like to do with the rest of our time together. We are actually just going to key in on these verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And and what we're going to see here from the Apostle Paul is, how do we run for the prize? How do we run in such a way that we will indeed get the gold medal of eternity spent with Christ, that crown that will last forever? How do we do that? And he shares with us three ways. How do we attain the victor's crown? And the first is start training. No one would dare think about running a marathon without first going out for a jog, taking the first step, going for a run, and beginning the process of training. Paul says, start training. Athletes, of course, undergo strict training. And so in the same way, we are to train ourselves for our race of faith. You don't become great by doing whatever it is you feel like doing. There are no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. There's no fast track. There's no shortcuts to greatness in life. So he says then in verse 25, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So what does this mean? It means intentionality. It means discipline. (laughs) You don't just happen to become a gold medalist. Oh, gee, look at that. They gave me a gold. No, you, you pursue it. It's what you're after. It's what you're laser focused on. Right? He, he actually says later in the passage, we'll get to it in a minute, but in verse 27, I strike a blow to my body. He says, I make it my slave. He's talking about self-control. And we know from the scriptures that that is a fruit of the spirit. Self-control. To become the person that God wants you to be, you've got to deny yourself. And I'll just be honest with you. You don't get to do all the things that other people do. You you don't get to just walk the path that all of your peers walk. Make the same choices that they do. You can't follow everyone else's plan and follow God's plan at the same time. Being a disciple of Jesus means being disciplined. It means Taking the more difficult path. Jesus has a teaching about that, by the way, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where he says, you choose the narrow path because it leads to life. Don't choose the broad path because it leads to destruction. Olympic runners have to give up all kinds of stuff, right? They they can't live like we do. (laughs) They can't live like, like normal people do if they want to win the gold. Like they have to go to bed at a certain time. They have to eat a certain way. They have to train in a certain setting. They've got to deny themselves. They've got to count the cost. It's the exact same way with our faith. So Paul teaches the young Timothy this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, where he says, train yourself to be godly. 
For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Did you catch that? Godliness, training in godliness, Paul says, it has value both for a life this side of eternity, that abundant life that Jesus promises and offers, and it has value for life into eternity. So as we are trained in godliness, we're blessed and we're given great hope both during our time on earth and into eternity with Christ. What does this mean? It means as followers of Jesus, we are disciplined. It means we we train ourselves by the grace and power of God to to embrace the lifestyle, the, the practices, the teachings of Jesus. And so we grow in things like prayer and study of scriptures, fasting, resting, that Sabbath rest, simple living, service to others, accountability, Christian community. That's something we're really big on here at MCA. We, we, just, we, we just want to see, we just have a vision for each and every person that calls MCA home to be deeply connected in loving Christian community with one another. Like doing life together, encouraging one another, sharpening one another. But listen, you don't grow in all of those areas at once. So the Lord teaches you, the Lord guides you and helps you, and and your part is you commit to growing. So think about it this way. Like, Like, how silly would it be for an Olympian to train, but they're not training in an area specific to their sport. You go, hey, what are you going to do today? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be training today. I'm going to be on the skateboard. Oh, training on the skateboard today, getting on the half pipe. Okay, you're a golfer. But <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. The ping pong player doesn't put on ice skates. The baseball team doesn't go to the gymnasium and bounce on the trampolines. In fact, I looked this up as we prepare for the Olympics. There are 46 different Olympic sports. 46 different sports. And then, of course, each of these has a variety and a host of events. So we've got archery, artistic gymnastics, and that, just to clarify, would be sort of the, like, classic gymnastics, the the flipping and tumbling and balance beam and rings and pummel horse and all that kind of stuff. Artistic swimming, athletics, and let me just point out that we call that track and field. Internationally, they just call it athletics, but that's, that's the track and field with all of those wonderful events. Let's not forget badminton. <laughs> Baseball, softball, basketball, beach volleyball, boxing, canoe slalom, canoe sprint, cycling of a wide variety, diving, equestrian, fencing, football, and again, I should probably point out there that that's not American football, that's football. Uh, We would call it soccer. (laughs) Golf, handball, hockey, judo, karate, marathon swimming, which is a 10K swim, modern pentathlon, rhythm gymnastics, rowing, rugby, sailing, shooting, skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing, swimming, table tennis, taekwondo, tennis, trampoline gymnastics, triathlon, volleyball, water polo, weightlifting, and wrestling. Those athletes train specifically for their sport, for their event. And so I'd like to just suggest for us today that in our spiritual life, 
as Paul teaches us here, to run for the prize, we too need to start training. And so now is a really good time. We're in the word of God. I've got your attention, I can tell. To ask the question, what area does God want you to grow in? To, to consider that this morning. What area does God want me to grow in and would I commit to that? Is it a godly marriage? Well, then maybe you need to take a class on having a godly marriage. Maybe you need to schedule an appointment and go see a counselor about cultivating a godly marriage. Maybe you need to buy a devotional that's geared for husband and wife to do devotions together. Is it your prayer life? You need to grow in your, in your habits and in your rhythms and in your practices of prayer and connecting to the Lord. Well, make a prayer list of the things you're praying for. Or set a notification, uh, however many times a day you want to do it. A reminder that will tell you to go into that prayer closet. Go before God's throne of grace. Or maybe you need to get into the word of God and study the prayers of Jesus and begin praying like our Lord did. Or maybe you want to join our prayer team here at MCA. What area does the Lord want you to grow in? And so we begin to realize, as we're talking this morning about how do, we, how do we attain the victor's crown? How do we run for the prize? And we're starting with training. We begin to realize that in order to run for the prize, we need to also set goals. So we're starting to train, but we're also setting goals. You don't win or succeed if you've not identified your target. There's an old adage that says, if you don't have a target, why, you'll miss every time. If you don't have a target, you will miss every time. So as we run our race of faith, we have to have a purpose. We have to have goals. And so here's what Paul says in verse 26. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Now, the boxer knows that a punch is quite pointless unless it lands on the opponent. He knows that flailing in the air is doing no good. It's going to get him no points. It's not going to uh, win the, the match unless it makes contact. So might I suggest to us this morning that something like even reading our Bible could be the same way if we do it mindlessly. And, and you sit down and you read some scripture, but you have no idea what you've just read. Oh, you've gone through the motions. You, you've done those actions that on the outside look quite spiritual, don't they? You've been in the word of God. But let me ask you this. Did it convict you? Did it teach you, rebuke you, correct you, shape and train you in righteousness? That, that's what the scriptures say they do. They, they say they are useful in those ways. Why? So that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. No, we don't grow by going through the motions. We grow by being trained in godliness. I love the way William Paulzel says it. I'll, I'll share a quote from him. 
He says it is unlikely that we will deepen our relationship with God in a casual or haphazard manner. There will be a need for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our lives. But there is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. And so that's our goal. It's, it's to walk in loving relationship with Christ. It is to commune with God, our creator, through his son, Jesus. And in this way, what we do is we prepare for an eternity spent in his presence in heaven. And you know what Jesus says in John six thirty three: Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Oh, but we misplace our priorities, don't we? God just becomes sort of a, a small part of our life or, you know, a nice Sunday activity at church. And I will confess, it, it's just easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to make other things the priority, to seek first my own well-being, my own safety and security, my own family. Or how many are, are lured in by riches or fame or the other things that the world says are good or we we become people pleasers and what we're seeking out is the approval of others more than this vibrant relationship with the lord now i'm not a golfer My dad was a golfer, and I know enough about the sport to know there is a big difference, a big difference between a casual golfer and a competitive golfer. <laughs> There's a huge difference between them. The, the competitive golfer, the one who's committed, takes it seriously. And that golfer is playing to win and agonizing over every detail and every stroke and constantly in pursuit of the better score. Now, the casual golfer, why, that's the person that's just having fun. Like, like, I've got spare time, I've got free time, and I enjoy the activity, and so I'm going to go and play. I feel like the same is true for Christian believers, followers of Jesus. There's just this big difference between a casual Christian and a committed Christian. Like, if you are going to win... And again, this is the teaching we have from Paul in 1 Corinthians 9. Run in such a way that you win the prize, he says. So, so if we're going to win in life, <laughs> it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen with, without intentional, disciplined effort. How serious are you about being just who God has made you to be and just who God wants you to be? And so I would suggest to us this morning, we need to set some spiritual goals. If you don't have goals for your life, well, you've sort of already decided that other people are going to dictate who you are and what you do. If, if you don't set those goals in a, in a sanctified way by the Spirit of God, seeking out His heart and will and direction for you, this is not self-determination, by the way. This is spirit-led discipline. 
But, but, but if by the spirit of God, you don't sense and obey and walk into those goals why you've just decided that other people can dictate your life. Other people are going to run your life. When you don't decide in advance what's important to you, then your circumstances, surroundings, and those in your life are going to decide for you. And you end up with a wasted life. You end up with regrets. You end up with the wrong priorities. Because you haven't clarified how you're going to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you want the prize. Because that's God's calling on your life, heavenward. Now, the Bible says that to be spiritually mature, you set goals. And then you, you move toward it. You've got your eyes fixed on it as your eyes are fixed on Jesus. So Paul teaches in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And sometimes it's just the, the bigger the goal, the more your faith is going to be stretched. And it's in those moments that God is pleased. Why? Because it's God shining through. Because it's a work of God in your life. You don't cause spiritual growth in your own life. But you position yourself so that God can do that work in you. Billy Mills was a virtually unknown Olympian. He competed for the United States. This was Tokyo 1964. He was representing the U.S. in the 10,000-meter race. It is a race that no American had ever won. He would face the world record holder, and he was not even expected to place. In fact, Billy's PR was more than two minutes slower than the top runners. But Billy showed up, and his goal was to win. second place, Billy Mills of the United States in third. All runners running hard. They're really pouring on the steam right now. Kamudi of Tunisia. Kamudi of Tunisia has the lead. Ron Clark of Australia, the world record holder in second place. Ron Clark moving up. Ron Clark is moving up. Billy Mills is moving up. It looks like they're changing the lead right now. No, Kamudi still has the lead. Ron Clark second place. There goes Billy Mills. Billy Mills pouring on the steam. Billy Mills is really putting it on. Billy Mills has the lead for the United States. Heading towards the finish line. Billy Mills. My favorite part about that story and even that video clip is the smile on his face. <laughs> that big beaming smile. I did it. Everyone discounted me. But I knew, and, and then I, I've watched more on that. Maybe you've seen it as well, but the interviews with, with Billy about that. And he said, every day, every day, I saw in my mind's eye me hitting the ribbon first, me getting gold medal, me winning that race. Every day, as he trained, his goal was to win that race. I, I, just, I love the smile on his face. And then he actually asks, did I get first place? He, did, he wasn't 100% sure. He's like, is this too good to be true? He's like, did I win the race? Did I get first place? He gave it his best. He stayed focused and dedicated on winning the prize. And he did it. It, it is so important, if we're going to be effective, that we be focused. 
you don't have time to do everything. Sometimes we get paralyzed and, and overwhelmed by all, all of the needs and all of the things we could do and all of the areas that need addressed. You don't have time to do everything. But here's the good news. God doesn't expect you to do everything. The key to being effective in life is as this man of God or woman of God, you do what matters most. You do what God has set before you to do and you forget about everything else. And so it's, it's goal setting that helps us to maintain that kind of focus. Setting goals and then accomplishing those goals, it helps to build our character. It helps to build our confidence. And while you're working on your goal, here's the cool part. God is working on you. You're working toward the goal, but God is working on you. And he's, he's building you up and he's encouraging you and he's training you for what is to come. You're being trained and prepared. Remember, Scripture is useful for teaching and training in righteousness. It serves us well this side of eternity because we live that abundant life that God has for us. We make Jesus known. But ultimately, our prize is in eternity spent with him. One translation of Proverbs 11.27 says, If your goals are good, you will be respected. So you, you realize that when you give your life to a good goal, it brings you honor. It builds a legacy even while here on earth. But as I said, the, the good news, the ultimate goal is going to come in eternity. By pursuing Christ, by pursuing his kingdom, keeping them as your priority, you indeed can win the prize. That prize that God has prepared for us in heaven. And so keep your eyes on the prize. We've talked about starting to train. We've talked about setting goals. And here's the third thing Paul encourages us to do. Keep your eyes on the prize. So Olympic athletes or, or even these people of ancient Greece, the ones who, who competed in the games, they were competing for earthly rewards. They, they were going to get a, a crown that would fade. But the prize for the race of faith is a crown that will last forever. This life is fleeting and short. I officiated a memorial service just yesterday. And you realize how, how quickly life goes by. And it's over in an instant. But for those of us who are victorious in Christ, life goes on and on and on and on and on and on. In paradise, Jesus says. And this is the good news of the gospel. And I want you to hear this clearly this morning. We're, we're talking about running in such a way as to get the prize. But here's the good news of the gospel. It's not our performance that, that sort of qualifies us for salvation. No. Remember, we just talked last week about how Jesus is our substitute. That, that is to say, we deserve punishment for our wrongs, but Jesus took the punishment that we deserve. So in our race of faith, then, as we run it well, it's not to earn our spot on the podium of God's kingdom. That's not how it works. No, our race of faith is a, I, I think it's probably best described as a sincere response to Christ and his call on our lives. 
Like, like he has called us to love God and to love others. And so our race of faith, it's not to earn our salvation. It's not like we, we do everything well. And so he says, okay, you've got a place on my podium. Jesus was our substitute and took the wrong, took the punishment for our wrongs. Our race of faith then is it's a loving response to God where he is calling us to go, where he is leading us and to stay focused on that. So we don't sit out the race. No, no, he calls us to it. We don't forfeit all of our matches. We don't say, oh, Jesus is our substitute, so he's just going to live my life for me. No, he calls us to get in the game. He calls us to train, to serve him, so we press on. And we run the race for the prize. And it's a prize that's promised in God's word. And so, like the scriptures say, we walk by faith and not by sight. We, we, we walk by faith, we run by faith, and we live with eternity in mind. We keep our eyes on the prize. So Paul says here at the end of verse 25 regarding those who compete in the games. He says, they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So friends, that means we stay diligent. We stay focused. Why? Because we want to bring honor to God. If your passion, if your pursuit becomes something else, if you're following your own plan in life, your own path, your own route, and not what God has prescribed, well, then you have chosen the wrong prize. You might remember words of Jesus when he's talking about the Pharisees and he says, uh, they've gotten their reward. They were running the wrong race, and so they've gotten the crown of celery. That's all they're going to get. When you choose that you are the priority and not Christ, when you choose anything else in life, you're no longer pursuing Christ in his kingdom. Well, you're disqualified from the heavenly prize. You're not in the race of faith any longer. Like Lance Armstrong, right? Most decorated cyclist of all time. He won seven of the greatest uh, cycling events of all tour de france but he cheated and finally he confessed to doping he was disqualified lance was stripped of all of his titles and he received a lifetime ban from professional cycling so paul says here as we close out this passage in verse 27 he says emphatically no I strike a blow to my body, I make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We are running for an eternal crown, and we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We've got to finish well. For more on that, I hope you'll come back next week, because <laughs> that's where we're going. Finishing well, running with perseverance. But James 1.12 tells us, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So stay focused on that reward. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Live with eternity in mind. I know life is painful. I know it's got challenges and obstacles and difficulties. I know that there are distractions and temptations. But I want you to hear this this morning. You can handle 
enormous pain. You can institute discipline in your life when you realize there's a purpose for it. There's a, there's a payoff at the end. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, Paul says, that far outweighs them all. So don't fall prey to distractions. Don't fall to the temptations of the enemy. Stay laser focused. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way that you get the prize. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, our God, for your call on our lives, a call heavenward, a call to to be trained in godliness this side of eternity, to make much of Jesus, to share the life-giving power of Jesus with the world, but to keep our eyes fixed on you, knowing that our prize awaits. And so, Lord, would you help us to run our race well? Would you reveal to us today what are those areas that you are ready for us to have discipline and focus and purpose and goals? Why? For your glory, God. So that we don't lose sight of the prize. But we press on by the power of the Holy Spirit through our Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God, our Heavenly Father. So we thank you, Lord, for that work that only you do. Lord, do it in our lives. We avail ourselves to you. Work through us, God. Refine us, Lord. Shape us and mold us. Train us. Lord, help us to be victorious through Christ. That you would get the honor and glory. We bless you, God. We thank you and honor you and pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So this morning, at this time, we're going to transition into our Sunday school hour. As I mentioned before, if you're a guest or you're someone new here at MCA and you would like to join one of our core groups, Please see one of our ushers, and they'll be happy to help you find a group to join. At this time, why don't we all stand and receive our closing benediction this morning. <clears throat> so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Have a great week, everyone.